everyone, welcome to the 12th episode of the Analyze and Educate podcast. This time I got two guests on. Uh, they're both new guests. First, I got Kyle Larson, who served in the same company as me in the Marine Corps. We were both 27 Fox. He was a mortarman. Um, and Kyle is actually going to start helping out here on the podcast and the blog here um, soon. So we're we're starting to get into domestic politics a little bit. It's something I wanted to hold off on for a while. Um, I mean, really, as long as I thought I could, but with what's been going on recently, um, both that and I've and I've got people asking me to start covering domestic politics more. So, um, yeah, we're going to start doing that, trying to, you know, provide um, impartial and unbiased information. You know, I think, I think we've always tried to do that. Um, if you don't think that's the case, you think there's something I could do better. Let me know uh, any, any comments you guys got, honestly, welcome stuff. You like stuff you don't like. Um, I appreciate all of it. So, you know, if you got something, send it my way, but Kyle's going to be helping with that, which is awesome. That's going to be a huge help. He has been a huge help already the past couple of weeks. Um, sort of helping me gather, information and breaking news, especially with uh, what happened at the Capitol on the 6th. So again, big help, really looking forward to, uh, yeah, contributing to what we got going on here. Um, and then we got Mark Mara on, who was uh, also an infantryman in the Marine Corps. He was in 3-7, 3rd Battalion, 7th Marines, uh, which is right across the street from us. So I didn't know that uh, until I started talking to him a couple of months ago, but I don't know, small world, right? Marine Corps is a small world. So could have ran into each other at some point, just not even have known it. He's literally right across the street from us. But uh, now that he's out of the Marine Corps, he's doing photography, photojournalism, that kind of stuff, right? So he's covered, um, you know, protests like all over the world, but a good amount of stuff in the US too. Um, and he was there at the Capitol on the 6th, right? So that's what we talk about for a majority of the time, but um, talk a little bit about how he got into photography, um, what he did in the Marine Corps a little bit, but again, mostly talk about what happened on the 6th. So uh, this was this was a great podcast. Um, maybe a little more scripted uh, than I usually do, um, but you know, I, I still liked it. Uh, I had a lot of fun. I think they had a lot of fun too. Um, and yeah, not su- not super formal, a little more scripted than usual, but not super formal. I think you guys know me at this point, at least when I have people on that are interviewed, I don't, yeah, I don't keep it too formal, right? Um, so a lot of fun and yeah, I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, again, whatever comments you got, stuff you like, stuff you don't like, send it my way. I'm always uh, open to criticism of any kind, so yeah, hope you guys enjoy uh, this podcast we got going here and see you around. And before we get started, of course, this podcast is sponsored by Mission Essential Gear, your one-stop combat shop, home of the Thules, the tactical handbook for unit leaders, available at megearco.com and Amazon as well. Also check out the Freelancers, which is a media and research collective dedicated to covering modern conflicts with the soft focus on foreign fighters. You can find them on Twitter at CBT Freelancers, Instagram at Freelancers Blog, and their website at freelancersconflictblog.wordpress.com. 
Also check out Fortress International, a veteran-owned research and analysis firm based near Washington, D.C. Find them on Twitter and Instagram at Fortress underscore INT and their website at FortressLLC.org. All right, so I got uh, Kyle and Mark with me here. How are you guys doing this morning? Doing good. I'm also surviving. (laughs) I hear that for sure. Uh, Since you guys are both new here, you guys want to do some uh, quick introductions. Just let everyone know who you are. Uh, Yeah, sure. I'll I'll go first. Uh, Mark Mara. Um, I'm a photographer, documentary photographer, photojournalist, uh, whatever the day is. Um, I was in the Marine Corps, I was in 3-7, did that for four years. Uh, now I study uh, photojournalism at the University of the Arts London. I've uh, been doing photography all my life and sort of uh, past couple of years been dedicated to photojournalism. And uh, I'm Kyle Larson, uh, former member at 2-7 Fox Company, Mortarman, uh, current college student at University of Colorado Boulder. Uh, majoring in communications, minoring in history, and uh, basically addicted to the news, as Kirk can uh, attest to. Yeah, for sure, man. You're on Twitter more than I am. That's saying something. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, and I've already I've already brought this up a couple times, but uh, Kyle helped me out a lot over the past uh, I don't know week week and a half, I guess especially with what happened on in DC. Um, He's really helping me gather breaking news, other information, stuff like that. So that was a a huge help. Um, We're actually gonna start getting into domestic politics a little bit. It's something I wanted to avoid for a while, but after what happened at DC, I I feel like it's kind of, I don't wanna say inevitable, but uh, I think it's about time we start discussing domestic politics a little bit. It's something I really want to be careful about, but um, Kyle's going to help me doing that. So that's awesome. A lot of you guys wanted it. So, yep, that's something we'll be doing now. Uh, Mark, I didn't uh, I didn't realize you were with um, Mountain Gorilla at DC. I didn't realize you went there with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. We um we'd met once or twice before that. Uh, he he's Richmond, uh, same city as me in Virginia. Um, so yeah, we drove up together, took some photos together at, at the at the Capitol, and it was it was good stuff. He's a cool guy, really nice guy. Yeah, he said it was a pleasure rolling with you on the sixth. And um, your friend Anthony said you're uh you're the real deal, and he's looking forward to hearing this. <laughs> That's awesome. So um, let's get started. Where where you grew up in Virginia or now? Yeah, I uh, was born in South Carolina on Charleston Air Force Base. Actually, both my parents were in the Air Force. Uh, my mom just did 20. She retired same year IEAS, which was 2019. Um, but I, yeah, I grew up in Richmond, Virginia, pretty much lived here all my life. Um, but yeah. Okay, nice. So you went, you went from uh, Virginia all the way to fucking 29 bombs yeah yeah there was there, there was like a handful of us that like out of my itv class that got orders for 37 which honestly is a blessing i think if i was in lejeune my entire enlistment i would have uh, been very upset but um shout out to the lejeune boys lejeune from what i've heard honestly sounds really really depressing yeah absolutely i mean 29 bombs is too but 
yeah. <laughs> in a different way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Pendleton may be the only not super depressing base, honestly. Yeah, I know. Pendleton's a fucking crown jewel, man. Yeah. That's the dream. I don't know. Real grants are at 29 Palms, so I'm, I mean, I'm <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, and Kyle, before I forget, man, um, if you ever want to jump in, just let me know because I'm going to run my mouth, honestly, if you don't stop me. So, no, no, it's, I mean, yeah, I only have like the, the one question. I was looking at uh, Mark's Instagram. These pictures are incredible. I oh, uh, appreciate it, man. Yeah, no, it's awesome. So, I'm sure I can, I'll interrupt if I need to, but you guys, this is your, your gig. So, for sure. So, uh, Mark, what what made you want to join the Marines? How old were you? Um, I joined my senior year in high school, actually, like right before my senior year. Um, part of it was I like I had the grades to go to to go to school and then my mother had her GI Bill benefits she was going to give to me. But I honestly I didn't have a, a super strong reason to go to school. I mean, I, I had done photography. I love photography. But at that point, I didn't see myself you know, doing that full time. I didn't really see how that would be a viable sort of career path. Um, so I decided I joined the Marine Corps, joined the infantry and, and sort of was really hoping to deploy and, and see what that life was all about. I guess it was, I was just curious myself and wanted to do it. And I figured why not? Um, so yeah, did that for four years and, you know, I enjoyed it. Okay, for sure. So just to backtrack a little bit, what made you get into photography? Um, so like my, my stepdad is a photographer. He, he does wildly different stuff. He's more like wildlife and takes photos of like planes and trains. Um, but I guess I've always been sort of exposed to it. I mean, growing up, you know, I was born in 97. So growing up very much on the internet, you know, like old days of Tumblr and then, and, and, uh, and like the old Instagram and sort of just being exposed to that sort of stuff a lot. And it gave me something to do in, in Richmond. Richmond's a, a beautiful city, honestly. And, uh, so in my high school days, I would just sort of drive around the city and, and take photos and stuff like that. And that's sort of where that led. I saw, I taught myself, you know, through all online and everything. Um, and just really got my practice in the streets of Richmond. Okay, for sure. And so you did not move to London recently then? Or did oh, you? no. Yeah, I, I moved. I moved to London when I got out of the, the military. Okay, but you're not still there? Or are you kind no, of like yeah. back and forth? Yeah, I go, I, I, I bounce back and forth between London and, and Virginia because like my parents' house is here. So I'll come back here. Um, I came here for the holidays and ended up staying for inauguration. And then that's when the six happened. So it all worked out. Gotcha. How do you like London? You know, I, I mean, I love it. Like people there are great. There's so much to do. It's a beautiful city. Like the, it's, you can never run out of things to do. Um, but it's fucking expensive, honestly. And it, it's like, it's a massive pain in the ass expat being an american abroad um stuff like just like random stuff you don't really think about like just sort of uh financial like renting banking and like phone stuff just weird logistics stuff you need to to sort of live comfortably it can be a pain in the ass really like more so a pain in the ass than it is here uh yeah just sort of switching everything over like i, I got like a, a gift card an amazon gift card as a gift for a family and i, I needed it to like uh furnish my new apartment and because it was an american amazon gift card it didn't work in the uk wouldn't work on on the uk amazon so like it's just it's weird stuff like that that was just you kind of have to deal with so because of the currency or just because yeah 
Yeah, I, I, either just because it's it's different locations or, or the conversion between pounds and dollars for some reason it just it doesn't accept some sort of stuff. Like when I pay my my water bill too, I can't pay it from my American uh, banking company, even though what? my my American company can convert to pounds and everything. Yeah, it's really it's really weird. Yeah, that would that would make me irrationally yeah <laughs> angry it's obnoxious man more power to you yeah I, I gotta move like money into like three different accounts just so i can get it to the right currency and the Jesus right bank Christ. account that'll accept it yeah yeah well, i but, guess uh, i'm not moving to london shit <laughs> don't let me scare you though it's 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 fun it's, it's like it's really not that bad i'm just i like to bitch about it <laughs> um were you there like during uh like when COVID got really bad and all that? Or I guess you were, huh? Yeah, I, I kind of I, I I left London and came back to Virginia March, like late March of 2019, and that's I think when COVID first broke out, when the first lockdown first yeah. happened. Because um, I I wasn't supposed to be in Virginia for very long at all. I think I just came home for like a week or something. Um, and that's when the first lockdown hit. All my flights got canceled. Everything shut down. Um, so I was in Virginia for part of that. And then I went back to London for summer of 2019, like July till uh, November, roughly. Okay, gotcha. Is there, are things there pretty similar to how they are here, do you think? Yeah, yeah, I'd say they're similar. Um, I, I, I'd say the one big difference is is that sort of here in the States, you have like, well, at least at the time, the way I was ex describing it back in last year, not so much now, but that here you have people who like, they either wear the mask or they don't. Um, and that's the same as England. Like people, you either wear the mask or you don't. It's, you know, it, it's about even. But in the US, there's like this random, there's this third group that is violently anti-mask, right? And so you don't really get that much in the UK. Like, people either comply or they don't, you know, they, they kind of keep their opinions to themselves. But I feel like here in the States, you just have that, that group of people that are like violently against it and are going out of their way to like make sure they don't comply and make sure they, they're not at all uh, participating in sort of safety. Yeah. It's like part of their personality. Yeah. You know, exactly. and that, that's what I was going to ask you, Mark, is like, is it, is there that, I don't want to assign a political party, but that hardcore of like resistors to any sort of, you know, especially mask mandates, like um, Kirk, I, I know, I'm sure you know how I feel about it. Just like being, Absolutely. A, being, being, a, good, <laughs> being a good dude and like, you know, look, just looking out for your neighbor and, you know, doing the right thing. And then you have these guys who are like, you know, I just can't, I simply can't do that. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's interesting. That's what I was going to ask you, Mark, is like, is there, is there that in the, in england but i guess i'm glad there's not yeah th i mean there is like don't get me wrong it's not like all it's not perfect there i mean there's just as many wackos you know over there as there is here or maybe not as many but yeah um, they're definitely still there that's funny that that you uh that you bring that up kyle like i'm i see dudes that were in our company and like for those who don't know me and kyle were in the same unit like Seen I'm not going to name names, right? But plenty of dudes that are like <laughs> losing, losing their minds over the mask. Yeah. And, yeah. and I get, I get it, man. It's like I'd, I'd rather not wear it if I didn't have to, right? Yeah, minor inconvenience, you know. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Get over here. So you're not that important. 
um, just get over yourself. You know, if I can wear it at the gym, you know, do a two hour workout at the gym, exactly. like you, you can wear it out to go to the grocery store, to go to the gas station. It's really not, no one's trying to control you. You know, you're not that important. Um, <laughs> nobody cares. <laughs> it's not that important. Um, I just don't understand. Um, and I, we might be getting a lot, you know, into the COVID weeds a little bit, but you know, I'm from Wisconsin. And so, you know, the farther north you go in Wisconsin, you know, the crazier the people get until you get to Canada where they're all nice. Um, so the farther north you get into Wisconsin, the more like hardcore, like anti-maskers, like, you know, freedom, you know, freedom this, freedom that, like, you can't make me do this stuff. Um, and it's just, uh, Kirk, I know I sent you that article I wrote for uh, that class, but yep. in America you have, um, how do I want to put this? It's like, you know, the media plays into that too, but um, you just have this, I guess, selfish decisions where like people cannot fathom doing something, you know, that's not for themselves. Yeah, I mean, I will, honestly, I'll, I'll never understand it. As far as like dudes that we served with Coast, like, I mean, how much dumb shit did we do in like gas masks, 90 pounds of gear, both, I mean, whatever. Yeah, I get it. Minor inconvenience, right? But it's really not that bad. Like no, I'll go, I'll go on a Safeway for like like seven minutes, and I wear the damn mask. I get out and I take it off. That's it. That's all there is to it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how it became such a big deal. Like I understand you don't want the the state to be telling you what to do and whatnot. And I I understand that completely. But I mean, yeah, like you said, it, you know, it's for your neighbor. It's it's and plus it's I mean. If you ever were in an area where you wanted to conceal your identity, you know, say a, a riot or storming a Capitol building, a mask would probably be a great idea, wouldn't it? Uh, but uh, not, not the yeah. best and brightest, I think. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you can, you can attest more that you're, you know, they're taking pictures. So yeah, yeah. Man, people are too much, man. So, and Mark, your first deployment was to the uh, Baghdad embassy, right? The Beck? Yeah, yeah. We were at the Beck for uh, six months. That was the uh, oh, most luxurious combat, combat in air quotes, uh, deployment you could get. Uh, I miss that place. Oh, my God. I miss it every day. Yeah, that was, I think about it <laughs> from time to time. <laughs> um, it was glorious. Absolutely. That's the, that's honestly the best food I've ever eaten in like my military career. Like that was the, the highlight. I'm the pancakes. I miss the pancakes, man. Dude, it, honestly, the breakfast burritos were my, uh, that was, that was an everyday thing. I don't even know if I ever had a breakfast burrito there. Oh dude, they're so good. I remember the smooth, the smoothie bar. The smoothie <laughs> so bar. Long line for the smoothie bar. Yes. Yeah, dude. I fuck, oh. I, I fucking love the Beck. The Beck was a good time. Yeah. And the, uh, I don't know, I don't remember what those buildings were called. I don't know if I'm allowed to say, anyway, you can edit this out, Kirk. The annexes, um, the annexes uh, always had like Krispy Kreme donuts. Oh um, yeah. And snag boxes. We just walk in the back and snag boxes. Up. Dude, yeah, we, we would just walk in any building and just be like, yeah, we're gonna take your snack. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I miss that. Yeah. yeah I'm jealous, man. You guys got to, yeah, fucking go to the Beck. Yeah, I just went to stupid ass Al Jabber. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Beck was. Um, I don't miss yeah. the seven dollar cans of dip though, and it was all oh, skull, like skull peach, and that's what I chewed for seven months. And you can only buy three cans at a time. Oh yeah, that's right. The Beck. Yeah, that was. 
I know. So when like right at the end, the army opened up like a, I think like a little PX across the street, but we couldn't go there. Um, but yeah, we had you know seven dollar cans of skull peach um, to chew. So that's rough. I just man. remember, yeah, yeah, the food made up for it though. Honestly, oh absolutely. So, and then you, what, you came back to 29 Palms and then you went to Afghanistan, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, when was it? Uh, March 2018 is when our, our, our uh, battalion deployed, roughly. Uh, yeah, I turned 21 in Afghan. That was fun. Uh, nice. Yeah, and then yeah, we were there for about like seven months. Um, our company was like sort of spread around uh, Helmand a bit, doing various uh security ops for the advisory groups that were down there um a couple of the other companies i think i don't remember where india and, and lima were um and then our weapons company they're out there in syria and they were they were getting it they, they were doing good shit out there so you guys just go on uh like joint patrols and stuff like that in helmand um we were mostly static to, to be completely honest like we it was uh we were on a fob like attached to an afghan camp um and so our advisors would go over there and talk to the afghans and help coordinate their missions um we just did like a couple like recon patrols and some joint patrols and may, but a lot of it was just like staying in post and then going out um on missions but really just being like personal security for advisors when they went and talked to the afghans pretty simple stuff honestly okay yeah i was looking at a couple of your pictures how often did you guys interact with the ana um i mean definitely daily like like when i say like our our little camp was it, it was literally attached to their their main base um i think it was like 30 kandak uh whatever it was but yeah so i mean we saw them every day and then the advisors were out there i think almost every day talking to them and, and working with them so it was pretty constant we were, we were right there sharing a space with them okay how uh how proficient did they seem <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta say um i would go honest. with not very i'd say they're at the proficiency proficiency level of like like f maybe phase two marine corps boot camp Oof. maybe phase three <laughs> maybe, maybe like maybe like first into like itv i, I mean it, like they're maybe they're not proficient but they've definitely like seen a lot of shit and like you know killed more taliban than me so like you know where am i to talk shit but uh um yeah no they definitely weren't weren't the greatest but they they meant well i think for the most part fair enough yeah that's typically what i hear i know they're like from what i've heard it kind of sounds like it varies from unit to unit a little bit um which i guess makes sense so like sometimes i hear like hey this unit's this unit's pretty solid right or yeah. they're decent most of the time it's pretty much exactly what you just said yeah and i think i think the guys that we were near were of the better kinds because i guess they were closer to i mean i'm not sure how their how their army is set up i should know but like the base that we were at also had one of their commanders and it wasn't just like an outpost um like an ANA checkpoint or anything so i guess they were some of the better guys and they were always pushing out on missions and stuff and yeah they weren't like terrible but you know, not up to the standard, but I'm sure there's better ones elsewhere. Yeah, makes sense. 
Makes sense. So I guess let's fast forward a little bit. Um, you were at the gun rights rally in Virginia, right? Uh, the one last year I missed, actually. I was not at that one, unfortunately. Okay. Which one did you go to? Or did um, you go to I, any of them? No, I haven't gone to any of them yet. I'm going to the one. I think it's actually tomorrow. Holy shit. Yeah, it is tomorrow. Yeah, apparently there's there's supposed to be another one similar to the gun rights rally that was that happened last year. Um, there's supposed to be another one tomorrow. Uh, I'm kind of unsure if it'll really be that big. Uh, definitely doesn't have the sort of online hype and sort of uh, infamy that the last one had. Because the last one, I think that was really just not the hype, but when people first started to include into like the boogaloo and like gun rights uh really being present and and people showing up and demonstrating for that so i think last year was sort of the the iconic moment for them i don't know if it'll be that this year because there's just so much other stuff going on but you know we'll see yeah for sure and then um they had like lobby day last week right in virginia i think yeah yeah so that that's what the the gun rights rally is it's on virginia's lobby day um, which, oh, okay. is the, which is Monday. Yeah. And so they postponed that, right? Yeah. So month. the Virginia department of general services said that they canceled all lobby day demonstrations, um, and that they're putting up extra security and stuff like that. No one's supposed to be gathering at the Capitol. Um, I mean, it would be, I, I don't think, um, any people who, who plan to go to the gun rights rally would really like be like oh it's canceled let me not go i don't think they'll really comply with that that yeah seems to be sort of consistent with the theme of uh, gun rights but you know um yeah they said they canceled it and they said they they're putting up extra barricades or a wall or something i looked the other day and it was really just the same fence that's been there since blm and stuff so i don't i'm not sure how much uh i'm not I'm really not sure what's going to happen honestly So, Mark, is that is that COVID related, or is that in re, you know in regards to what happened last uh, last week at the Capitol? I think I think it's in relation to to what's happened last week at the Capitol. Yeah, yeah for sure. And I guess um, kind of backtrack a little bit to DC. How'd the day kind of start off? Yeah. So. Um, me and, and, and Mountain Gorilla and, uh, and one of the guys I went to high school with, he lives in D.C. We met up there um, and then sort of walked in, up to the Capitol. He only lives about a mile away. So when we walked up around 2 p.m., um, we as we were walking up is when we, we heard the news that they had breached the Capitol, that they, they had stormed inside of it. Um, and we sort of made a push on the west side of the building, which the back side with like the lawn and everything. Um, we tried pushing through the crowd to get up towards the Capitol and that sort of just wasn't happening. So uh, for the most of the day, we were sort of just mingling with the crowd, the largest crowd out there on the West side, on the back side, while the, the Capitol shenanigans and what, what was happening was going on. Okay, for sure. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but I was not expecting that to get as, as wild as it did. Honestly, I mean, I, I knew they were doing um, the rally, right? You and me talked about it a little bit. I figured there was going to be thousands of people there, right? Just due to the nature of politics now, I guess. Yeah. Um, 
but you know i figured they were just gonna have their you know their rally right make a make a lot of noise and that kind of be it um and yeah i woke up and <laughs> i checked my phone and i i don't know maybe uh maybe kyle i know he sent me some stuff he might have messaged me too but i saw like oh yeah they breached the capital what the fuck like this is this is going to be a very different day than i expected it to um I don't know. That's a hard, yeah, that's a hard, I don't think anybody ever expected it to go that far. Like you said, Kirk, um, you know, they, they'd gather around the Capitol, you know, kind of rah, rah around, um, make their presence known. Um, but I mean, Mark, maybe you can, um, say like, what was kind of the, what was the catalyst to, to make them, you know, kind of like, all right, let's go around the barriers. Like, let's get in there. Was there a moment or did it just kind of, you know, develop, like, did people just kind of keep pushing further and further? Um, cause I mean, I can watch all the news I want, you know, doom scroll Twitter and look at, you know, look at, you know, CNN and Fox, but you, I mean, you were there, so maybe you can say, you know, was there a, an event, um, that really led to it? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm not sure, you know, what was the specific cook-off point to really let it, to get to that point. Um, I know Trump had spoke earlier in the day and really, you know, probably hyped and riled them up but to be honest you know like you said what you were expecting them just sort of rah rah around and, and hang out is, is what was happening outside of the capitol um and there you know there was thousands of people out there doing that and and i think when i when i heard the news i really didn't fully grasp it for the day i was like oh they stormed the capitol holy shit that's insane but what i was seeing was just you know the, the thousands of people outside just sort of hanging about shouting their stuff um, so yeah, I, I didn't fully grasp it for like a full day. I was like, uh, yeah, oh shit, this is significant, but I really, it really didn't like the true magnitude of it didn't really hit me. Um, but I'm not sure what really led to them getting inside. Like what was the moment that they pushed up? I think it was probably just their sheer numbers and being mm -hmm. so close and, um, you know, once you get into like a mob and a crowd like that, yeah, uh, it sort of just, you know, can boil over. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree, I would agree with that sentiment. Yeah, man, I think I mean what what happened on the sixth. That's gonna that's gonna be on people's minds for for a while, right? I think people are gonna be studying it for a while. Um, I mean, just that whole day just seems kind of crazy. Like, and <laughs> it just popped into my head right now. And I know this is gonna piss some people off, but. I guess that's uh, it comes with the territory when you're talking about domestic politics, right? I mean, this is this is the crowd that I mean is hardcore. Hey, Blue Lives Matter, you know, support the police, uh, all that. Um, that's perfectly fine. I'm not saying uh, you know whether I'm on that train or not, but and these people need a cop to death with a fire extinguisher, you know, yeah. and they put 14 others in the hospital that. The cop that they beat to death, he was the 15th that went to the hospital um, and, you know, 45 others were injured. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, no, it, it definitely got out of hand. And like you're saying with that, uh, like this crowd, it was, tip was, you know, supposedly the law and order, the, you know, back the blue crowd. Um, and, and it's definitely, it, it, I don't know the, the right word to describe, but it, it was interesting and crazy enough to to see them sort of turn on that like you're seeing guys people in the crowd with blue lives matter or like thin blue line flags and stuff like that flags like clashing with police it was very it was very odd 
Yeah, I saw um, I saw a video. It it claimed that it was a video of them uh, beating Officer uh, Sicknick, right? The the one that got killed. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure how true that is, just because I couldn't physically see that it was him in that video. But they were beating someone, man. Like they, it was definitely law enforcement of some sort. They pulled him from the entrance yeah. of that building into the crowd. And I mean, they're beating him, you know, they're punching him, kicking him, hitting him yeah. with, with flagpoles, you know, with the American flag on it. Like, yeah, no, it's, 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 fuck? it's fucking insane. It yeah, really is. There's that video, uh, that Capitol police officer, uh, Eugene Goodman. He's uh, he leads him up the stairs. You know, he's, he's one man yeah. against you know, how many of those guys um, and who knows what they would have done if they got their hands on him, you know? Oh yeah. Um, so thank God he got away. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, I, I can, you know, I'm guilty of this too, but I mean, politics is all about what fits your narrative. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, you know, back the blue didn't fit their narrative anymore. Um, yep. Their devotion to, you know, Trump or what, it, you know, maybe they just want, you know, maybe they just hate everyone in the government. So um, I think that really speaks to where we are as a country right now um, and why, you know, politics and the rhetoric can be so dangerous. Yeah. Uh, in my um, semi-arrogant opinion. <laughs> I, I think yeah, you're no. 100% right, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think I'm not the most optimistic person, right? Um, I think what happened on the 6th should definitely be, um, should teach a lot of lessons to people. Um, specifically, I think it should teach people that they need to sort of detach themselves from their political beliefs or biases um, and really see if all their beliefs kind of hold up along the, uh, along the political spectrum, right? Um, right? Again, I'm not the biggest optimist, so I, I really don't think that's going to happen, <laughs> uh, but I hope it does. Well, people don't like to be told they're wrong. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. Inherently human nature. Um, and especially when they've been, you know, I could talk about Fox News for hours um, or any, I guess, you know, far left or far right wing. But um, when you have, you know, you're being told this this way for four years um, and you don't find any outside sources, you're going to, you know, that might take you to places you, ne- you shouldn't necessarily go. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I think I think a lot of people have sort of wrapped up politics into their identity and that's not necessarily a left or a right thing, but it's, it's, you know, whatever team or belief or, or ideology you support is who you are as a person. Yeah. And when someone disagrees or, or counters that it's like an attack on your person and at least like an emotional response and, and a polarization. I think that's, that's where we're at. For sure. That's interesting. And I think it, it kind of goes both ways with people wrapping their politics up into their identity and then mm-hmm. people wrapping their identity and identity politics i guess but oh yeah it doesn't it doesn't only go for things like race and religion when i say that i mean like oh yeah uh this isn't a legitimate example but let's say oh uh you like anime right so now all the people that like anime they're all democrats right not a legitimate example but let's just use that per se politics is becoming so wrapped up into everything yeah no absolutely yeah again i i hope it teaches people some lessons i don't think it will but 
Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd like I'd like for us to you know take a step back and be like, holy shit, maybe uh, maybe we shouldn't do this. Maybe we shouldn't uh, be so you know polarized and and aggressive with our politics. Then we'll we'll have more incidents of the. Yeah, it's really, it's really a shame. Yeah. Um, and so, so I've never been to DC, right? I've never been to the Capitol, so I, I really can't uh, visualize any of that. Um, how far do you think you were from from the entrance, or you know, all the riots, uh, whatever um, you want to call it? Yeah, no. So we we were right on 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 the west side of the lawn, the back lawn, like I said. Um, which so you have the capitol building and then you have really like the east side which is where the the grand steps are um and where some other stuff happened that i'll get into then you have the west side which is where like the massive lawns and then you have like the reflecting pool um and whatnot and so i was sort of on the gr on the grass with the crowds there um on that side sort of going in and, in and out talking to people um and then probably probably you know like 100 meters 200 meters away from sort of the the building's entrance that's i'd say probably roughly 100 and and that's where like as you started getting closer the crowd started getting tighter and a bit more uh amped up and aggravated and whatnot gotcha um, yeah but you couldn't really see what was going on no yeah it was it was just it was just a crowd of people and we and like like i said we tried going through that and try and get to the front but honestly it was it was at the point where like it was feeling sketchy like you could tell the crowd was hyped up and amped up and i was okay. like yeah we we gotta bail on this because if you know if things go sideways i'm gonna get trampled and actually that that one lady did get trampled and died i think actually yeah um, i saw that yeah yeah so I, I was trying to trying to avoid that if i could um but yeah that's crazy if you if you had to guess how many people do you think were there um yeah i've thought about that uh i don't it doesn't have to be exact i mean i i asked someone i know that was there and they told me three million um i think <laughs> i think that's i think that's a i think that's a big number no i think that i i would i want to say in the thousands maybe around five to ten thousand no i, I feel I, even ten thousand feels a bit much but really it was definitely in the thousands, I will say. Okay. I, it's hard to say because, yeah, because, like, that that crowd was, was really large on the west side. And then as the day went on, they sort of just, like, slowly, like, their numbers cut down and people sort of walked off. Um, but, yeah, probably in the height of the day, I, I in the height of the day, maybe at least 10,000. But that, oh. that may be dramatic. My, my crowd estimation is pretty bad, so. But no, three million is a bit exaggerated, but definitely in the thousands. Okay. Yeah, I figured it, it would have been bigger than 10,000. And now, now that I mention it, uh, I think my most recent podcast, I said the hundreds of thousands. So um, I'm going to backtrack that. I guess I was yeah. pre pretty far off. But at least I it think, wasn't. I think tens off. of thousands is, is accurate, you know. Okay. For sure. For sure. And so I guess you kind of talked about it um, a little bit, but I got the question, so I'm going to ask. Uh, did you hear any calls for violence when you were in the crowd? Any specific plans? I guess what was kind of the general atmosphere where you were at? Um, I wouldn't say like specific calls. I mean, 
Sure. Sure. I mean, just sort of like the Trump rhetoric, like if you're a hardcore Trumper, you know, MAGA and all that. Yeah. Um, I, I guess some some of your like, you know, beliefs are rooted in violence. Like, I mean, um, a lot of the things you heard in the crowd were just like it was was the sort of fear or like paranoia about Antifa showing up. Um, like that, that was like the boogeyman for everyone was, oh, with Antifa. Um, and like my, my, my friend that's a DC local who took us in and everything. Um, he's a white guy, but he's got like longish hair and you could tell like he was just getting like looks in the crowd, like, oh, is that guy Antifa or whatever? And, and so, um, there was definitely like a paranoia and, and, a a skeptical, a skepticism of, of who's Antifa, who's an infiltrator, who's not part of the crowd. And then there was also sort of other like shouts and chants um, throughout the day. People were like, oh, Pence betrayed us. Um, they were really worried that, you know, because Pence didn't uh, stop the electors or whatever, confirming the vote. Um, yeah, so, there, you know, sort of sort of the rhetoric in the crowd could have been violent, but there, I didn't hear anything like specific, like, oh, we should go do this or that. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that, that makes sense. Um, dude, the Antifa thing fucking yeah. kills me. And I, and I knew, I knew you were going to say something about that, Kyle. Cause I figured uh, when I saw that, I figured yeah. Kyle like is going to love this shit. Well, it's like, right? it's like, uh, and I don't want to insult any listeners or anybody, but you know, far right wingers, like perception of Antifa, I like to call it Schrodinger, Schrodinger's Antifa. Like they're simultaneously like so weak and pathetic that you know they can't figure out which bathroom to use um but they're also you know um you know proficient enough to infiltrate you know this maga rally and like frame us um like come on guys just <laughs> shut up um yeah uh, yeah yeah there, there's there's people still trying to push that narrative that it was antifa who you know who there's did the uh congressman trying to do that yeah, no, yeah. that's, it's, it's, it's insane. When, one thing that I think of when I hear that, right, is let's talk about, uh, I guess, the George Floyd protest, right, that happened over mm -hmm. the summer. Um, and, you know, in some cities when businesses were, you know, getting looted or burned down or people were getting beaten, um, I, I would see on the news myself, like, oh, you know, these are, these are white supremacists. These are Trump supporters. Like what? Yeah. What? Yeah. No, absolutely. I'm not, saying, yeah. I'm not saying that everyone at those protests was doing that kind of stuff because obviously that's not true. Right. Mm -hmm. But when you have large scale protests or just groups of people in general, there are a few people that are going to take advantage of that. Right. And they're going to start doing shit. They're not supposed to. He's going to have I, bad actors. Exactly. <laughs> By no means were they, uh, you know, fucking Trump supporters or white supremacists or the Proud Boys, whatever you want to call them, um, you know, in Chicago or downtown yeah. LA. Like, give me a, give me a fucking break. Yeah. And I, <laughs> and I say that because um, now here we are in the complete opposite end. Oh, these were Antifa storming the Capitol. Mm. What? Yeah. It's no, one thing I, if you want to say like two or three got in. Um, you know, but that entire crowd of the hundreds of people that got inside the Capitol, they're all Antifa, all of them, <laughs> or even most of them. Yeah. But I think that's something that big media like sort of does a lot. They just, they just want to slap whatever label 
he like easily fits it. So like mm-hmm. when we first start started seeing like Boogaloo or like even just gun rights people showing up to BLM stuff, I remember in like Minneapolis, there you know there was uh, I think guys who like self-identified as Boogaloo boys and went and helped defend shops and like big media didn't know what the fuck to make of that. They were like, uh, these guys are white supremacists question mark, but like they're helping black people. Yeah, no. So like, I, I think that that's one of the problems with big media is that they, it's hard to get nuanced and like get specific on who people are, what's happening. And, mm-hmm. and you see these, like these dumb labels just slapped on entire crowds, you know? Well, the, that's the whole, yeah. Media. So in, you know, like the aftermath of the, the riots you have, uh, I know Kirk can probably see me retweet some of this stuff, but um, Wolf Blitzer uh, from CNN, you know, oh boy. DC looks like a war zone. It looks like Fallujah and Missoula. It's like, no, shut the fuck up, dude. Oh, uh, God. Yeah, I fucking hate that. You oh, got, <laughs> you, got uh, you know, National Guardsmen, you know, slick, um, unloaded M4s, you know, all known about. <laughs> um, that's not a war zone, man. Like, yeah, no. Do you know, the most cursory basic research and like, don't, that's, you know, fear-mongering. Um, yeah. You'll see that from like, so one of my favorite, least favorite um, far left news media sources, it's called the Palmer Report. And this dude's the worst. Uh, every day, it's just like, you know, Trump's going to prison, you know, this and that, you know, Democrats this, Democrats that. It's like, none of it's true, man. It's just all your, your you know, your wishes and stupid opinion. And it's the, the, the converse is that is like the gateway pundit or even some some stuff that Breitbart puts out. Um, and there's, there's no more, you know, media accountability, um, especially with those those fringe ones. But even, you know, you see like mainstream, like like I said, Wolf Blitzer is posting this stuff and it's, you know, freaking, you know, normal people out. It's irresponsible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I get really mad. <laughs> no, I agree. Yeah, no, it's like this American desire to like compare us to terrible things happening in the world and be like oh look how bad it is here like it's it's not it's not that you know what's happening in iraq or afghanistan it's not what's happening in america like and it, it's silly to compare them even it's it's just it's arrogant it's fucked up yeah it's i don't know man i mean news i guess media in general right it's all about ratings um, so obvi- yeah. obviously you're you're gonna say shit that scares people, right? Because you you want them to keep tuning in, um, and you want to make yourself sound like you you know what you're talking about. And then I don't know. I think maybe I can't speak to other countries, but I maybe just us as Americans, like we we feel like we need to compare our situation to. Um, other situations around the world that are like undeniably <laughs> uh, worse than <laughs> ours, right? But yeah. we we feel the need to exaggerate shit so yeah. much, and I don't know why that is. I don't know if that's only an American thing. That's all that I could speak to, right? Uh, but I don't get it. Well, Mark, you you've spent time in in London, so I'm sure you can attest to differences in news. But I know that in the '80s, there's that that big switch to like, you know, 24 hour news cycle and like more for-profit news. And uh, a lot of European countries have uh, publicly funded, um, not like non-partisan, it's just the news, um, like how it used to be. So um, that's why we see, um, I guess that fear mongering or these, the differences of fact um, in different uh, news, news uh, outlets. 
Yeah, it, it, you know, like you just said, Kirk. Like, uh, it's all for inter- or all for ratings. But yeah, like news is 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 entertainment now. You know, yeah. like people people tune into Fox or CNN because that's that's what entertain entertains them. That's what they feel like aligned towards that, that they have to watch. And you know, you have <clears throat> personalities like Tucker Carlson and stuff like that who, you know, really, uh, I guess, grab hold of people. You know, really, really identify with them and agree with them so it's like an entertainment business where you're just saying outlandish shit to get to get ratings to get views to get clicks it's ridiculous man and side note for like the eight people that listen to this podcast i (laughs) cannot fucking stand wolf blitzer i'm putting that out there right now for the first time i told that (laughs) i told that to god like yesterday i think can't stand him but um (laughs) God, man, because we have CNN where I work. We have it up 24-7, right? Um, I work for a company that, you know, we have buildings, employees, and stuff all over the world, right? So we watch the news to see if anything that happens is going to impact the business. So CNN's up 24-7, and it's brutal, man. It's brutal. Um, But one – it's awful, dude. (laughs) One big thing I noticed is – I guess, again, to take um, the George Floyd protests over the summer, um, look at Seattle, right? I got to interview uh, John Karugi, the weapon snatcher, right, from Seattle, the guy that took those rifles Oh, nice! uh, from those Antifa dudes, right? And I mean, Seattle, if anything looked like a war zone, it was Seattle, specifically those videos that he was in, you know, with the squad cars, uh, oh, burning, yeah. you know, crowds everywhere, people doing whatever the fuck they wanted. Um, that looked like a war zone, if anything, right? But you're not going to see Wolf Blitzer say that, right? Yeah. You're not going to see uh, someone on MSNBC say that, you know, insert moderately left-wing news media. You know, they're not going to say that because they're going to get harsh reactions from their viewers. But you know, as soon as the maggot crowd does something, then it's a war. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I guess that kind of goes back to, you know, hoping that people learn lessons from the sixth. So. No, we'll absolutely. See. We'll see. <laughs> so when you were there, did you get the chance to actually talk to anyone or were you kind of just observing? Yeah, yeah. I talked um, to a couple of people. Um you know, you know, most people, you know, gave me the time of day were polite enough. And like I said, this is the the outside crowd. So these are, aren't your, your more radical guys that were storming the Capitol. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it was, it was normal. I mean, I guess normal is subjective, but it was, you know, sort of regular people in, in the crowd. Like, you know, I talked to some lady, she was from, she drove up from South Carolina. Another guy drove up from uh, Florida, um, called people from California. It, you know, people from all over the country came out to this. And they talked to us. They told us why we're here. They believed, you know, Trump won the election. The Democrats stole it and all that. But um, in the crowd, you know, and, and these 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 weren't totally, you know, terrible, crazy, racist, horrible, whatever adjective you want to use for them, people. Um, There's just people who full on believed, you know, Donald Trump, that he had won the election. Um, and, you know, there was some crazies. There, there was a guy standing on top of a statue with a bullhorn calling everyone cowards and pussies for not going into the Capitol and (laughs) saying racist shit. So, I mean, like, you know, it it was, 
it was everything you expected it, but also it was like just, you know, average Americans who fully believed in Trump. Yeah, yeah I guess that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, did you get to talk to any cops while you were there? Um, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't speak to any of the cops. Towards, towards the evening, around 5 p.m., we went um, to the east side, and that's when I think at that point the the capital had mainly been cleared of, of protesters and rioters and whatever so like most people were outside the building at that point um if not all and the police had sort of established a uh they they had their little perimeter on the steps and everything um and that's when we also saw like more specialized like swat and and sort of srt whoever hell came out and responded uh, we saw them on the line and they they were just sort of standing there taking it um i didn't interact with them really but, but they were just sort of standing there silent. Um, and then, you know, you had your, your rioters and, and your Trumpers sort of yelling stuff at them. Uh, you know, typical stuff you see at protests and riots. Okay, gotcha. And I, I guess you kind of touched on it a little bit. You know, you kind of said what was going on inside the Capitol didn't really hit you at that, uh, at that moment, but what was kind of going through your mind that whole time you were there? Yeah, yeah, no. So, so yeah, like, like I said earlier, yeah, I, I didn't fully grasp it, but um, it was definitely significant. I was like, oh shit! All right, well, um, I guess let's. Uh, I, I was trying to get up in there, like I said, uh, didn't really happen. But we, I was sort of waiting to see what else was going to happen. So, like, they stormed the Capitol, and I, I was sort of expecting some sort of response. I was expecting like sirens to come in and just like dudes to get out of the back of armored trucks and just start like working it and like telling people to get the fuck out and shit to pop off. I was, I was really expecting a heavy handed response and that never really came, which was also part of the, I I might've been part of the reason why I didn't fully like sink in for me at the time was that that heavy response didn't really come until much later in the evening. And and even then it was, you know, mostly done by that point. Um, Cause you, you would expect, you know, the United States Capitol building to, to have some sort of plan and security in, in, in place. But um, yeah, no, it, it wasn't, it wasn't as, as hyped up or scary or as, as, uh, as crazy as it was inside on the outside. So it, it wasn't, it was very calm on the outside and that's sort of where my mind was. Okay. Yeah, man. Now that, now that you bring that up, I mean, just kind of the, the events of the day, Right. It was very, um, very interesting. Right. Like I said, I woke up, they're storming the Capitol, right. They broke mm-hmm. in. And then of course, you know, I'm on Twitter, right. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Um, and then I see, Oh, there's gunfire in the Capitol. I'm like, Shit. Like if it, if it wasn't serious before, like it's serious now, right. Yeah. Someone's shooting in the Capitol. Okay. Right. So I'm still glued to Twitter. I know Kyle's still glued to Twitter. Um, that and tentative things. <laughs> For sure. Um, and then, yeah, it's like, okay, where the hell is the National Guard? Um, they sent the Secret Service, FBI there, the uh, federal cops, they all sent them there. And you're kind of just waiting. It's like, okay, this is going to get worse, right? Yeah. There's no way this is going to die down anytime soon. God knows how long this is going to go on. This is going to get a lot worse. And I'm not when I speak about this, I'm not trying to take away from uh, everything that happened. Obviously, you know, five people total lost their lives, a ton of people yeah. got hospitalized, right? 
Um, but it's almost like that was kind of it, right? Uh, no, Ashley, Ashley Babbitt got shot. Um, she later died at the hospital. Um, F FBI SWAT team showed up. Uh, National Guard got there at some point. I'm really still not even sure when they actually got there. I think it was after five o'clock. Yeah, same. I'm not quite sure either. Um, confusion about the National Guard. I remember. Definitely. Um, but that was that was kind of it. Yeah. Yeah. No. So like, and this sort of goes. This this may be going in too much, but some some people, you know. People calling it a coup and, and domestic terrorism and, and stuff like that, and like I I agree mm -hmm. to some point, but I don't like using those words because, you know, it was really just a bunch of people. It was like real life shit posting. Like they went inside and took selfies and and stole shit and like smeared shit on the walls and like. But on the other hand, people people fucking died, you know, and they they still stormed the Capitol, so it's obviously significant. Yeah, but when like using words like coup and terrorism some it doesn't feel entirely accurate to what happened that day um you know it, it, like, some people disagree with me with on that and like i completely understand that not and not even then i i don't fully agree that it wasn't but um yeah definitely a mixed day and it's hard to say you know it was one thing or the other yeah i i know exactly what you mean man and i'm i'm trying to be careful when uh, when I speak about this right. Um, I mean, I'm with you, man. It's, people are calling it, you know, coup and, and domestic terrorism and they're, and they're really, really not wrong when you look at the root of it. I just, I don't really wanna use those words because those are, those are serious. And what happened at the Capitol is serious, right? right? Right. But you really, you really have to tread carefully right yeah. i mean on, on one end you know <laughs> idiots taking selfies inside the capitol right um you know that idiot that was sitting at pelosi's desk the fucking yeah. QAnon shaman or whatever yeah. the hell they call that dude chewbacca, um, well, <laughs> that's, chewbacca man it's chewbacca that's amazing actually did you make that's that good. up i haven't heard no, that no i can't claim credit for that one damn yeah. I'm still gonna use it. That is pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. Speak. Speaking of that guy, did you see he got like shit on by Alex Jones? Yeah, Alex well, Jones went off on most of them, actually. I think. Yeah, I yeah. saw that. I saw that, that true Alex Jones fashion. Yeah. But yeah. he was he was there. Oh, whatever. I I could you know give you an hour and a half on what I think about Alex Jones too. So. <laughs> <laughs> I can, we, I I'm, I'm cool with talking about Alex Jones. I, you know. <laughs> and now. This just, this just uh, came up in my mind now, and I think we've already kind of done it, but I think it's important to uh, differentiate between people that were kind of in the crowd, like the people that you were around and the people that stormed the Capitol, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. um, obviously, there's intermingling there, right? You know, people that stormed the Capitol were in the crowd, right? Um, right. But I think it's it's important to differentiate between the people that were there that were there to protest. Right. Mm -hmm. Whether you agree with it or not, um, whether you think it was stupid or not, they were protesting at the U.S. Capitol building. And I, I think that's probably the epitome of the First Amendment, as long as you're doing it peacefully. Right. Right. Which most people were. But, you know, again, there's a crowd that stormed the Capitol and obviously they were not so peaceful. They weren't peaceful. Right. They were right. violent. 
Um, but I, I do think it is important to differentiate between that. Again, whether you agree with it or not, whether you think it's stupid, they were there protesting. <clears throat> the people that were peaceful were peaceful. They were expressing their First Amendment. It's important to uh, differentiate between those groups. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think the important is is like is uh you know if they if they just if they just had their rally and gone home on the sixes and that hadn't happened it, it wouldn't be as big a deal obviously like that that goes without saying that that's not really anything special to say but um I, the important part to me is is yeah they stormed the capital but they were like we knew they were gonna do something like they had talked about it on parlor and stuff like that before and one the security presence was not there yeah like yeah yeah, like um i know just for me personally going to blm stuff um in richmond and in dc this summer like the security that was present on the sixth was was laughably was laughably bad i mean it it almost seemed like they didn't even give a shit they had like um like the plastic sort of concert type fences. They had like the small single barricade, the metal ones, the gates. And like, that was really it. And then, you know, your Capitol police and then some other DC Capitol or Metro police on the, on the outside sort of staged by their cars. But other than that, like the, the, the security presence was not that strong, which is, is insane. And because after what we had seen all summer with BLM and seeing security for that, And then now you have, you know, radical MAGAs that fully believe that the government is is lying to them, that that they have an election that's stolen where they don't trust the state. I mean, why would you not, you know, have some sort of security presence, even even with them saying, hey, we might storm the Capitol, even if it's just, you know, your small, more radical guys. Why would you not have proper security in place for that? Yeah, it's almost like. I, w- I would, you know, you were there, but from what I've seen and read about, it's the security was equivalent to, you know, like a large concert. Uh, yeah. Make, making sure no one runs up on stage and we'll toss them back if they do. Um, but I mean, it's, it's pitiful. There's no excuse for that. No, absolutely. Uh, it's like, I always, I was thinking about like, um, <laughs> I think it says in the three tack 11, um, you, you know, when you're in a firefight, you want to have, you know, three to one uh, numbers and power over the, the opposing force. Um, so if you know, you know, if you're doing your due diligence and monitoring, um, these sites like parlor and gab, and I think telegram is a big one now that parlors mm-hmm. no more. Um, but you know, who, who is in charge of that? Um, and why did no one do anything about, it? did you really not take them seriously? Yeah. Uh, you know, what, what the hell's going on? Especially, um, like, as you said, radical MAGAs who, you know, love to show off their, you know, their gun owners, um, you know, there's just no, there's no excuse for that. I don't understand it. So yes, they shouldn't have done that. Um, but, you know, you should have been prepared. <laughs> there needs to no, be absolutely. You know, yeah, massive inquiries about why this was allowed to even happen. Yeah, um, it, 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 it doesn't inspire confidence that, you know, our U.S. Capitol was stormed by people with, you know, for the, for the large part, without firearms, too. Um, that that's something that I've seen. I've seen people say, you know, it's armed militias here and there. And I, I personally did not see any of that. Uh, DC's concealed carry and carry laws are very strict. Saw a lot of empty holsters. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if people were concealed carrying, but like it was, there was no open carrying of rifles um, that I saw. Um, a lot of empty pistol holsters. So it like, 
you know, these people were, were unarmed, but they still were able to get, you know, into the Capitol and stuff like that. And, you know, it took, I think, entirely way too long for any sort of QRF or anybody to get into the Capitol for them to take it back. Um, so, yeah, just really, really some questions that need to be asked of like, you know, what happened with security on that day. here we are so yeah i don't i don't know how much of what i said actually made it through before we got cut off but i was looking at the the timeline of the uh, guard deployment like one thing i remember seeing is their drive from the armory to the capitals 45 minutes and that's already after you take into account like them getting activated right which i knew a few hundred of them were but not the entire force um you know getting activated uh getting all their gear going to the armory pulling weapons which i'm sure fucking takes forever because why wouldn't it um getting the trucks right which i'm sure also takes forever because again why wouldn't it <laughs> yeah well kirk you were you worked in the armory, so you can attest to the time it takes. It's <laughs> wild, man. It, like, everything takes so much time for, like, really no reason. <laughs> yeah, God, no, I don't miss any of that. Man. And, I mean, you, you look at videos, right? There's the, the cop that um, someone took a picture of him, like, helping some lady down the steps, right? He's, like, holding her hand. And he's got riot gear on. Right. He's yeah. got the helmet. He's got the shield, uh, all the extra, you know, protection that he's wearing. He's like helping this little lady, you know, down the steps. Like, what the fuck is going on here? And there's the, the cop that took like selfies with people, mm-hmm. you know, and then you could just see like ones and twos, like kind of inside the crowd, not really doing anything and other like videos and pictures. What yeah. the hell? Yeah, so I I think there's definitely, like, questions, and I'm hoping we'll get some sort of, like, investigation or some shit into what happened, because not only Mm -hmm. did you have, like, the police cooperating with some of the riders, you had, you know, why did it take so long for forces to get there, and for, like, the National Guard, for for instance, it's not, uh, and I I may be wrong on this, but I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, the mayor cannot activate or call on the National Guard for D.C., Mm -hmm. um, because normally it's it's up to the state's governor, but you know DC's not a state and all that, so I'm pretty sure it's it's you know the federal responsibility. I'm not sure whose is to call the National Guard for DC. Yeah, I, I want to say the president, but yeah, yeah, you know. That's so right. so I, I think I think there's like people that are liable that that should be held accountable for like why the security, why the responses were slow, um, you know, why the cops didn't do this. Uh, there's definitely people like responsible yeah i i know off the top of my head i think two cops have been already suspended and that was within the past week right so that number could even be bigger by now but um at least one one was actually arrested um yeah i'm i'm not sure what for wasn't really a lot of specifics on that but yeah, there's going to be a lot of investigations. A lot. Oh, yeah. No, it's terrible. A lot. 
And I guess and now that we're kind of already talking about it, I might as well ask this question that I got. Um, what are your thoughts on the politiz politicization of uh, National Guard deployments, right? Um, and this guy, this guy said specifically how uh, Democrat governors are sending units right now and, you know, before the inauguration, while Republican governors sent units uh, over the summer for the George Floyd protests. Um, and also the media is kind of uh, politicizing these deployments too, but I, I guess the big uh, question would be the governors. How do you feel um, about that? Yeah, I mean, that that's tough because like, I, I don't, I don't like the military be military being used for like political reasons, right? Mm -hmm. Like that is the one thing I, I enjoy about the military for the most part is it, it seems to be sort of apolitical. They always sort of just listen to and who's in charge, which like, yeah, you know, there's concerns about that, but they're pretty consistent in that. Um, but like, yeah, it's tough. Like I, you know, I believe states should have the rights to call upon their national guard and, and use it how they see fit, obviously in an ethical way. Um, but yeah, it's tough. Like, I understand why Virginia's governor, who is a Democrat, sent Virginia National Guard to D.C. I mean, it makes sense. We're right there. For sure. Um, but I know there's like National Guard sending their troops from across the country to, to D.C. now, um, which I guess could be seen as like, you know, people just want to preserve things and keep things stable, which I completely understand. Mm -hmm. Um and then when it comes to the National Guard being spun up for like stuff that happened with BLM and George Floyd protests this summer, um, you know, honestly, like, is it a shock? And do I not want to see the military in American cities and on our grounds? Of course not. Like, I don't want to see the militarization of American cities. That's not a norm that I want to continue. But um, I will say like in DC, when the National Guard were on the picket line or the protest line or whatever, um, I much preferred having the national guard there rather than like the federal SRT or, or, or cops that were there because the national guard, when they were there, they were more of just like your average dudes. Like they, they talked to protesters. They, they definitely calmed tensions a little bit. Um, Cause what I saw in DC uh, and this is BLM stuff in the summer was you had the federal SRT, which was like the guys that are from all over different agencies and shit and right yeah. here and whatnot. And they were on the line. They had shields up. They weren't talking to people. You know, it was definitely a very um, authoritative presence. And then they they rotated with the National Guard. National Guard took their spot and they put down their shields. They were talking to protesters. Um, you know, they, they were they were there to actually de-escalate a little bit. And I, 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 I liked that a lot more rather than like aggressive cops and then, you know, BLM protesters or rioters who like believe the cops are their enemy. And obviously um, a little bit more likely to talk things and calm things with the National Guard. So like, I don't think the National Guard's all bad and I don't think deploying them is, is all bad, but it's not a norm that I want to see continue. Um, I think that's sort of how I feel about that question, I think. Yeah, yeah, I get, I get exactly what you mean. Um, and as far as like kind of the mood with the guard and like the SRT dudes, I think that makes a lot of sense too, right? Like kind of just thinking through like our own perspective, like let's say they sent 7th Marines to, you know, to DC to fucking guard the Capitol or, or whatever, like during the George Floyd protest. I mean, 
I don't think we would all be, you know, like hard asses, right? Um, yeah. And we'd do what we were told. But, uh, you know, I think we'd, you know, talk to people and, you know, if yeah, things are chill, you know, then things are chill. You know, I don't think yeah. we would be a hard asses over it. I don't think we're that motivated to just be dicks. You yeah, know? because, you know, because like the military, like I'd say from my perspective, is that like we don't, no one wants to deploy to the States and like fight Americans really, you know, mm-hmm. like you don't want to go to DC and just go beat up on a bunch of Americans, like, you know, Marines. And, and I, I assume most military want to deploy overseas and, you know, fight our enemies. And I don't think, and at this point in, you know, where the country's at, you know, a lot of people don't consider other Americans their, well, maybe not the military doesn't consider all other Americans, you know, like an enemy. And I hope it, you know, stays that way, but. I don't, I don't think they're really inclined to go beat up on protesters um, that much. But then again, maybe, maybe I'm wrong in that. I mean, people are, you know, people are screaming uh, martial law and stuff like that. Everyone yeah. loves to jump. Everyone loves to jump to that conclusion, right? Oh, yeah. Loves it. Um, and then with the guard, like these are, honestly, for the most part, these are normal dudes, right? Yeah. And that's not me saying that the guys in SRT, right, the FBI, ATF, all those guys, it's not me saying they aren't normal guys, but you take one of them that's on a specialized team like federal law enforcement, they're dealing with high risk situations every day, right? You know, they're doing high risk search warrants, um, whatever, as opposed to, you know, some like 20 year old kid in the National Guard who like goes to school during the week and like, you know, works at fucking Ross on the weekends. Like he doesn't have drill, you know, he's just a normal dude. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't want to be there. He wants to go home. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. You know, they're they're there part-time, you know, they don't, they don't want to do that shit. And then I guess as, as far as like, you know, Democrat and Republican governors goes, I mean, I, I think that kind of just plays into, uh, you know, people's political biases. Um, Yeah politics also it's all optics right and i was talking about this uh to someone the other day right all optics um so let's take uh let's say cuomo for example right governor mm-hmm. cuomo hey uh here are these you know MAGA dudes these trump supporters they're laying siege to the capital or whatever i'm gonna send you know a thousand dudes from my state's guard or whatever right um to protect democracy or you know, whatever you want to whatever say, whatever reason. Right? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's optics. Right. Yeah. And he, and he specifically is in the spotlight. Right. I think he got uh, like an Emmy or something like that for leadership oh, during God. COVID with, I know, right. Asinine. But I mean, he, he is in the spotlight, right. He wants to make himself look good. Right. It's all optics. And well, then, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Kirk. No, uh, yeah, the opposite side, right, with Republican governors and the George Floyd protests, like, hey, here are these, you know, this leftist mob, these BLM, uh, Antifa, you know, whatever you want to call them, like, I'm going to deploy my state's guard, right, kind of make myself look good, uh, stand up to the leftist mob, you know, whatever. No, yeah, it shows your allegiance to the team, you know what I mean? For sure, yeah. Yeah, that's a better way of putting it. I kind of just rambled on for a few minutes. No, 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 but I know what you mean. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Oh, man, do you have something to add there, Kyle? Um, no, yeah, you guys pretty much covered it. Um, I, I agree with, um, I think, sending in the National Guard. 
um, I do think it they benefit because you know their their whole motto is like citizen soldier. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're sending in um, here, like let's say you know the DC uh, guard is sent into DC. Um, you're sending in people that you know live and work and have grown up in these places, and I think that's a good um, a good look. Um, it, it's going to make people feel better, I think, because when you see. I think the connotation is like when you see police, like they're automatically out to arrest you. Um, yeah. You know, like they're, you know, they're going to gonna beat the shit out of you. Um, you know, um, and I think having the guard there, I don't know about crossing state lines. Like, I, I think that's that's just a tricky one. Um, and like you said, you know, politics, yeah, probably that comes into play. Um, Virginia sending their guard in. You could argue, I guess, that you know that's kind of an indictment on the federal response to you know what happened, you know, because there was no federal response really. Um, you know, shit just hit the fan. Um, but yeah, I, I do I do agree that you know the guard is probably it's not great that we have to do it, um, but between them and like yeah, like we had during the summer um, with like the no patched federal guys, that's going to be better um, than those guys. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Like one one thing that always comes to mind for me when I think about this is there was a a picture I I don't know where it was. It might have been Minneapolis, I'm really not sure. Um but there was this this lady, right? She had a ton of flowers with her and she kind of like crossed uh police and like national guard lines to like give flowers to these dudes in the national guard, right? And it's like, okay, you know, this photo kind of symbolizing like we could all come together right we don't have to you know be angry or hate each other there doesn't have to be all this tension um and then you know photo probably taken a few seconds after that she's getting arrested because she crossed police lines oh yeah actually i have seen that yeah yeah it's sort of it's sort of like you know it goes to show the sort of relationship a lot of people have with the police especially after this summer sort of how we view it but uh yeah no i think spot on about the national guard being citizen citizen soldiers and you know from the areas or at least near the areas and understand that you know these are people these are neighbors these are those kind of people yeah and i mean i i agree with you guys 100 right obviously i don't want to see uh the national guard marching up and down the streets right that's not right. ideal um, I mean, 25,000 troops in DC. I mean, that's, that's, oh, that's a lot. Town. That's, you know, yeah, that's a town. That's a town of people, right? In fucking camis with rifles and shit. That's a lot of people, but it probably is the best option. I mean, well, the way I think of it, would I rather have 25,000 National Guard troops or 25,000 cops? And that's, that's not me trying to uh, you know, talk shit on, on law enforcement or anything like that. But kind of like what Mark was saying, people have a relationship with law enforcement, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, National Guard citizen soldiers, like just kind of just want to go home. It's probably the best option. Mm-hmm. Well, the, yeah, the, guard, the guard troops are there for, I, I'm thinking uh, for the inauguration yeah uh, like come on joe let's you know let's do it inside in five minutes in and out you're president you know <laughs> come on this is stupid to have it you know this huge yeah event, you know yeah like, yeah I, no i agree yeah driving me up a fucking wall 
the fact that you know we're still doing this like it doesn't make any sense yeah you know so so i was i am i don't know i'm supposed to be going to dc for inauguration i was going to go photograph it but um now they closed between the governor of virginia and, and dc they closed all the bridges from virginia into dc um from like thursday at 6 a.m till like the day after inauguration at 6 a.m um they've got sea wire and fences put up all around the capitol there's like a red zone for where no one's supposed to be in like a green zone like yeah they're, they're bolstering security which is good but like why like i'm pretty sure they closed the event to the public so like why are you even hosting this massive inauguration event when yeah. one you don't want anyone to go and you're just sort of putting yourself more at risk well yeah after all these years america has finally occupied itself with our own, <laughs> our own, our own green zone seriously uh, yeah jesus christ it just man. doesn't like it's maddening thinking about like yeah we need to have this enormous inauguration after this right just- yeah and i mean don't even throw everything that happened on the six out of the window for a second i mean what about covid right yeah. these are the people that's a stay home stop the spread all that shit hey awesome whatever right i get it why why are you having this big ass inauguration let's just get this shit over yeah with. seriously I mean, yeah i think it, it's it's going to be scaled down but i mean still it's just it's, <laughs> this country man it's gotta keep up yeah, appearances let's get it over with man yeah yeah optics man that's all it is that's all it is yeah those are pretty much all the questions i got man uh kyle you got anything else about the sixth or um no well so that that first picture on your instagram mark um Mm -hmm. i think most of america should see that um because like we talked about earlier um or you talked about especially the people on the outs you know the people that, the, that weren't storming the capitol they were there you don't have to agree with their politics you don't have to agree who they voted for they were there using a first amendment right free speech and um gathering and i think it's important for the temperature of the country um you know for people on both sides like you, you don't have to agree but you you have to understand that you know these people still have rights if they're not doing anything illegal um, then you have to, you know, allow that. So I think it's important um, that people see this because you, you're right. They were, you know, they weren't armed. They were, you know, peaceful. You don't have to agree why they were there. Um, but it would just be nice if, like, we could get back to where, yeah, we disagree on policy, but not on, um, you know, just everything else. Um, like, I don't, you know, Kirk knows I swing a little bit left to center, um, mm-hmm. but I don't inherently hate all Republicans. Um, I don't agree with them, but I don't want you guys, you know, I don't want them to die. <laughs> I don't yeah. want them, you know, lined up and shot. And I wish that the other side, you know, the far right felt that way about, you know, anyone who doesn't agree with them too. Um, but, you know, long story short, I really like the picture and the caption, you know, hits a head on. Oh, appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, no, but I also totally agree. Like, um, yeah, everybody that was at the Capitol on the 6th, you know, was not was not the people that stormed the Capitol. That was not, that's not the same group of people. They're not all insane. You can't lump them all together. Just like with BLM this summer, not every Black Lives Matter supporter is, was rioting and, you know, and saying the same things, you know, I think there's a level of nuance that, that I think as a country, people should probably get back to. Um, 
you know, you know, and, and then people overuse and throw words around a lot. Like, you know, like whenever Republicans do something I don't like, it's fascism. Whenever Democrats do something I don't like, it's communism. You know, I think we need to we need to step back from that and sort of tone it down and, and get back to like actually calling things what they are and being accurate with how, what, you know, what we describe people and what we when we talk about things. Yeah, I definitely agreed. And I mean, I'm, I'm as guilty as anyone else of doing that. So I guess I can't talk too much. No, yeah, I mean, we all are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think you guys, you guys hit it on the head, right? Politics, man, is just so, so polarizing right now. Oh, yeah. And and I don't know, I hope we could get back to a place. I mean, back to a place. I, I don't even know if there was a really a place where we could just kind of all get along. But I mean, if we could get there. Yeah, I mean, it's I hope we can. the drama is it's addicting um, in, a, in a bad <laughs> way. You know, it's like you're watching America slowly burn um, because we can't agree on you know one thing uh, because we just refuse to. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get in a way I'm kind of uh, looking forward to us like covering domestic politics a little bit more. I'm looking forward to it and I'm nervous at the same time, man. I wanted to avoid this for for a while, but you'd only avoid it for so long, I guess. And I'm sure we're going to get, you know, our fair share of uh, angry, angry messages or comments after this, whatever, but it should be interesting. Well, it's important. I think you know, it's, it'd be nice if there was just, because like we talked about earlier, you can't go to any, I mean, Reuters, or I mean, international news is really, if you want to get non-objective, you know, political news, that's where you need to go. Mm -hmm. um, it's like Al Jazeera, BBC, um, because they don't really have any skin in the game. Um, PBS is pretty good too. Um, but there's really a hole in, I think, American news sources for like, this is what happened, um, and that's it. <laughs> we don't have any opinion about it. We just want you to know. Um, yeah. And I just wish, you know, I could go into, you know, media literacy or, you know, all that stuff. Um, but yeah. No, yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. And then I think like, you know, maybe, maybe it will allow a little bit of optimism. I think, uh, I think a lot of people are getting sick of this polarization as well. You know, I don't think that's a really a, a radical or minority opinion. I don't think people like the news, the current state it's in. And I do think we're seeing a lot of, I mean, you know, like the platform you have and the platform that Popular Front has, these independent, you know, people that are, and Atlas News, of course, um, independent and smaller platforms that are doing a, a great fucking job and people respect them, people see that and it's it's catching on. Um, so I'm hoping stuff like that gets bigger and continues to grow because, I mean, that's that's sort of bringing it back. People, you know, people want a quality product. They don't want, they don't want the news in the current state it is. Um, and so I think, you know, I'm really happy to see this sort of rise of independent and smaller and grassroots and, and everything. Cause I think that'll be the way that we get back out of polarization and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. And uh, now that you mention it, popular front is awesome. I love this podcast. Um, I was thinking about it earlier when you were talking about the, the Boogaloo boys or whatever, he did a really, uh, really good podcast on them. If you guys, if anyone out there is interested in what the Boogaloo Boys are, I seriously suggest it. Popular Front. Uh, I know he's on Spotify, probably like everywhere else you find podcasts too. Um, 
yeah, very, very interesting. Pretty, uh, pretty unbiased. I mean, the guy's British, so he's really got no skin in the game. You know, what does he <laughs> care what the Boogaloo boys are? So if you're interested in it, check it out. Just figured I'd throw that out there. But um, what's uh, what's up next in the pipeline, Mark? What do you got going on? Um, so yeah, tomorrow I'll, I'll probably head out to the VA Capitol and see what's going on uh, with the lobby day, with the gun rights rally. Um, I'll be up there photographing that. I'm still undecided about inauguration. I may, I'm really not sure how I'm going to play that one. So I may go up to photograph that. If not, I'll stay at the VA Capitol. I know a lot of state capitals have things planned um, on inauguration day. So we'll see what happens there. Um, and then after that, I'm back in London for a bit. I'll probably be a little quieter with work doing just personal things here and there. Um, but yeah, and then I'll probably be back stateside covering whatever happens. Okay, for sure. What about you, Kyle? What do you got going on? School, man. Lots of school. Like 19, 19 credits a semester, so it should be an absolute blast. Um, so yeah, but got to keep up with current events. So you'll still have me whenever you need me, Kirk. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Again, you were uh, definitely a big help over the past couple weeks, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's really all I got, boys. You, uh, Of course, you both are welcome back on whenever you want. Um, Mark, definitely looking forward to, to see what you got going on. You're doing good work, for sure. Um, and it was great to have you on and kind of pick your brain a little bit, figure out uh i guess what the general atmosphere was on the sixth for sure yeah no i really appreciate it man it was it was cool you're just you know sitting here talking man it felt felt nice uh i'd, I'd be happy to fucking come back yeah mark good meeting you dude your page is oh, yeah awesome. i appreciate it man thank you yeah yeah that's awesome for sure but yeah if, uh unless either of you got anything else i think that's that's probably it boys well, thanks for having me on talking to me and let me run my suck yeah, well, okay, uh, thanks for let me babble on about nonsense, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yo, um, Kyle, if you want to send me over your, your socials and stuff so I can, you know, follow what you do and see all your uh, great info on Twitter and stuff. <laughs> uh, you might not agree with most of it, but yeah, I'll send them over. Yeah. Oh, no, you're good. No, yeah, you're, you're, you're totally good. I try Twitter. to. I try Twitter's to all, pretty entertaining, yeah. Yeah, I try to hit all the hit all the wickets on Twitter. I'm, <laughs> uh, if you, if you don't like it, at least you'll be entertained. Um, no, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I I like hate Twitter, but you know, I also realize how. <laughs> it's, uh, it's good. God, it's it's cancerous. Twitter's <laughs> Twitter's honestly the worst, dude. I fucking hate Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> you'll, you'll grow to love it. Trust me. Oh no, fuck Twitter. I hate that shit. <laughs> I have I have a personal Twitter that I made years ago and honestly I'll hop, I'll hop on there for like a couple couple weeks at the most like once every year they go oh, i'm back on twitter i'll try this shit out again probably get rid of it in a couple weeks and that's what i do all the time i don't even know why i go back on my personal at least it's good for news but yeah i'll, I'll see like i'll see like great things and i'll learn a lot and then i'll just just see like the worst takes from the worst people that's, that's like, why it's <laughs> okay man that's why you love it so you keep coming back for more i promise hey, Twitter, twitter's got the hottest of hot takes yeah hottest. for sure yeah yeah hey that's where i got Cubaca from so don't hit us hey true yes you know twitter does have some gems it's got yeah. its gold mines yeah but 
Yeah, Mark, I'll send, I'll shoot you a DM on uh, Instagram. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, and, uh, now that now that you guys mentioned it, do either of you have uh, social media companies, organizations, whatever that you want to shout out? Uh, yeah, yeah. My Instagram is just Mark Mara uh, underscore M A R K M A R R A underscore. Um, I think my Twitter's the same. I really just lurk on Twitter. I don't post much there. And then my website is just markmara.com. For sure. Uh, yeah, my Instagram, it's nothing special. It's just uh, Commander Kyle, uh, all lowercase. And then my Twitter, where the real magic happens, is Commander K59, um, if anyone wants to follow me on there. So. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, thank you both for coming on again and talk to you guys soon. I appreciate it, man. All right, boys. Take care. See you guys.